My name is Tom Lowry, and this is the All Is Well Podcast, a podcast that tackles life's seemingly worst-case scenarios. If you didn't know, now you know that the week of Sunday, September 6th through Saturday, September 12th is Suicide Prevention Week. Unfortunately, just about everyone has or has known someone who has lost a loved one due to suicide. According to the CDC, suicide rates have risen by 35% over the last two decades as more and more people take their own life each year. When I started this podcast, I wanted to be able to take the stories of the people in a bad situation and retell the story of how they overcame those bad situations and came out fine on the other side, sort of as a way to provide some sort of hope to people who may be struggling with their own difficult situations. Unfortunately for so many people, life completely gets the upper hand on them, to the point where they lose this battle with life and with their mental health. Luckily. Mental health is becoming more and more focused on today, as people are starting to realize the importance of having a good, healthy mind. Things like Suicide Prevention Week are drawing attention to this upsetting reality that we face of people taking their own lives, and is attempting to raise awareness to people that there are so many available resources to turn to when life and mental health truly hits their lowest points. If you happen to find yourself struggling with mental health, or perhaps are having suicidal thoughts, You are not alone. It is nothing to be ashamed about, and although it may not be easy at all, it is so worth it to reach out to someone and get the help that you deserve. For this week's episode of the All Is Well podcast, I will be telling the story of a woman who battled with depression and anxiety following a toxic relationship, and overcame her suicidal thoughts and tendencies through perseverance. Enjoy. I was 24 years old when I first started having issues with my mental health. I had recently graduated college and moved to a new city to start my career. During my second year of college, I met this guy who would eventually end up being my boyfriend for the next couple years. I met him at a local restaurant that he worked at when I stopped in to get something to eat. I recognized him from a class that we had together the previous semester, but I had never had any sort of conversation with him. When I saw him in the restaurant, I found him attractive, but I was never one to really go out of my way and make any moves on anyone. So I just ended up admiring from afar as I sat there and ate my chicken salad sandwich. As I finished my sandwich and was on my way out of the restaurant, the man stopped me. Leaving so soon, he asked. I instantly got butterflies as this cute guy was taking an interest in me. He proceeded to tell me that he was getting off soon and was wondering if I wanted to stick around for a little bit and maybe go get some coffee with him when he got off. I promptly agreed, and after waiting for about 20 minutes, I headed off with him to a nearby coffee shop close to campus. From there, we hit it off. I continued to visit him at work, as we started to hang out more and more. We eventually began going on dates, and before too long we found ourselves in a relationship. At first, he was a really great guy. He was nice, funny, smart, 
and just all around my type. I really thought that this was the guy who I was going to be with for a long time. Well, a couple years go by, and things started to change. I found that he was growing increasingly jealous. He would always ask to see my phone, and would go through everything on my phone looking for any indication of me talking to another guy. Something so much as a text from a coworker about covering a shift would infuriate my boyfriend as he would begin to shout at me and tell me that no one will ever love you like I do. After the yelling was over, he would leave my apartment and would ignore my texts and calls for the next few days, leaving me to wonder what was going on. Eventually, after he was done throwing his fits, he would always come back with flowers and tell me how sorry he was and how he's not sure what got into him and that it would never happen again. Obviously, this was never true, as I always found myself in a cycle of being mistreated by him, just to have him come back and apologize, only to do it all over again. You may be wondering why I stuck with him and put up with this for as long as I did. And truthfully, I have no idea. I think that I was too young and too fixated on the idea that he was still the good guy that I had originally met, and I really didn't want to break things off. I constantly gave him the benefit of the doubt, and put up with the emotional roller coaster that he would send me on, as he continued to take advantage of my naive ways and continued to mistreat me. It wasn't just the jealousy either that made things so bad. He would constantly be nitpicky about my appearance. Whether it was the clothes I was wearing, how I had my hair styled that day, or maybe the few extra pounds that I had gained during the holiday seasons. It seemed like he always had something to criticize about the way I looked and I really began to feel like I was never good enough for him. But he was always so quick to say that no one will ever love you like I do. That really made me feel so worthless as I wondered why I felt so bad about myself if this was truly love. I assumed it just to be a normal thing, and part of the reason why people always say love is tough. After about a year of putting up with the abuse and the ups and downs, I really started to come to the realization of just how unhealthy this relationship was and that it was something I could no longer be in. I was going to be graduating college soon, and I had job opportunities that would take me away from my college town and take me away from my toxic boyfriend. About a month before graduating, I accepted a job in a different state and decided it was time to break the news to my boyfriend and tell him that we were done. As you can expect, it didn't exactly go over smoothly. He began to tell me that I wouldn't be able to make it out on my own and that I shouldn't accept the job and leave because I wouldn't be able to make it work. He also told me that I would never find someone like him ever again, and that I would be making a huge mistake if I left him. As I continued to refuse his objections, that is when he became very angry and I began to worry for my safety. He had never physically harmed me, but at this point I was not willing to put it past him. I quickly told him that it was over, and I hurried out of his apartment and made my way back home. Eventually, I ended up graduating, and moved to the new city to start my job. My ex-boyfriend would still continue to message me here and there, telling me how dumb I was, and how he hoped that I would fail. Other times, he would message me saying how much he missed me, and wished things could be different. It got to the point where I could just not put up with it anymore, and eventually ended up blocking his number, and blocking all of his social media platforms, ridding him entirely from my life for good. Unfortunately for me, the damage had been done. After being abused for so long, and being made feel worthless so often, I really started to believe that the things he would say to me were true. I began to grow uncomfortable with my self-image, 
and began to think that no one would ever find me attractive again, and it would be impossible for me to ever meet someone new and start another relationship. Not that I was trying to jump right back into another relationship, as I definitely needed my time to settle into this new city and heal, but I would constantly hear the echoes of my ex saying that I would never be loved by anyone ever again, and after some time, I really started to believe that. I also started getting really anxious that one day my ex was going to find me. I never told him where I was headed or what job I was going to be working at, but I was nervous that one day he would just snap and come looking for me, and who knows what kind of trouble I would be in at that point. I feel as though for a long time I went through life looking over my shoulder and would flee the area if I ever saw someone that even slightly resembled him. Over time, these feelings of poor self-worth and anxiety didn't really go away. In fact, they ended up getting much worse. Truthfully, I was not having the easiest time adjusting to my new life. I had no friends in this city, and I was further away from my family than I had ever been before. And living out on my own was a lot harder than I ever imagined it to be. I found myself really starting to lose interest in my hobbies, and oftentimes I would just lay in bed all day scrolling through my phone. My apartment was constantly a mess, as I could never quite muster up the energy to clean it and I was often late going into work because waking up in the morning had become the hardest part of my day. I had never struggled with mental health before, so I didn't really know what to make out of this condition that I found myself in. I just figured that this is how my life was, and this is how it was going to be. I was not happy, I was not confident, and I was not enjoying life. I was just simply existing, but I was not at all alive. To be honest, I never really thought about suicide in the way where I planned out how I wanted to kill myself and when I was going to do it. My thought process was much more of, if by some random occurrence I was killed, I really wouldn't mind. I didn't want to be alive anymore. I was ready to die at any moment, and figured that the power was always in my hands at any given time if I wanted to be alive or not. One day, I went on a drive to clear my head. I did this a lot when I got overwhelmed by work, or really felt like I was completely worthless. On my drive, I started thinking about how nothing really mattered to me anymore, and there was truly nothing worth living for. I was just a waste of space, and it would probably be better for me just to leave this life than it was for me to be here. These were all horrible lies that I told myself, but in the moment I believed them. A heavy rain started to pour down when I was on my drive as I started making my way down a winding canyon road. In that moment, I got an idea. I took off my seatbelt, rolled down all the windows, and started driving as fast as I could down the slippery, winding road, and just figured that whatever happened, happened. I had maybe been driving for 10 seconds when all of a sudden a deer ran out, maybe 100 yards ahead of me on the road. I slowed down so I could let the deer pass, and it was in this moment that I realized something. If that deer had run right out in front of me with no warning at all, I probably would have slammed on my brakes and would have been ejected from the car. The reality of this frightened me, as I quickly realized that I didn't actually want to die. Even though life had seemed completely pointless, I was not as ready to leave it as I thought I was. I continued to make my way home, with my seatbelt on this time, and when I got home I called my best friend Cammie from college. I cried to her about everything I was going through, how I was always anxious and depressed, and how I was starting to have suicidal tendencies and how much that scared me. Cammie stayed on the phone with me all night, 
reassuring me that I was worth it and that I belonged here, and how devastated my friends and family would be if anything happened to me. That was the first time in a long time that someone actually told me that I mattered. That went a really long way for me as I could feel my mood was really boosted just from that one phone call. Eventually I decided the next sensible move for my life was to get myself into therapy. My work offered a program where I could meet with a therapist for free every week, and I decided to take advantage of this in an attempt to take back control of my life. This was the best decision I ever made for myself. The first few sessions with my therapist were rough, as it was a lot of digging up past traumas and really trying to get an understanding about why I was the way I was. Although difficult, this proved to be very beneficial for me as I gained insight about myself that I never would have figured out otherwise. Therapy is something I still do to this day, and I would recommend it to anyone and everyone, no matter how mentally stable or unstable they may feel. After a couple years in therapy, and being mindful about my own mental health, things started to change for me. I became more and more comfortable with myself and my new life, as I started finally to make friends and enjoy myself much more. Before too long, I finally met another man who was everything I could have ever asked for. Loving, understanding, and the most down-to-earth person I had ever met. Eventually, I ended up marrying him, and have been so happy and content ever since. Admittedly, anxiety and depression are still things that I battle with till this day. But just because they don't go away entirely does not mean that they cannot be managed and life cannot be enjoyed thoroughly. This is something that took me a while to understand, but I really think I have grasped the concept of it. Life gets hard sometimes, and sometimes you have things happen to you that you really can't prevent. But what you can control is how you respond to these things and how you decide to manage them. Everyone is different, so find out what works best for you. The most important thing is to be resilient and try your hardest not to let depression or anxiety boss you around. Rather, be the boss of your own life. You are more in control than you think, and you are stronger than you think. With the right resources, the right support system, and even just the smallest touch of hope, you can overcome anything. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, review, or tell an anxious friend in need about this podcast. You can also follow along on Instagram at AIWpodcast and on Twitter at AIWpodcast underscore. And I will be sure to link those two tags in the description of this episode. And remember, even in life's dreariest moments, oftentimes at the end of the day, all is well. See you next week.